Hello and welcome to this week's Hop Edition. These are my fermenting thoughts. Anyone that follows Hop Forward on social media will be aware that this week I went to visit Tent Meadow at Mount St. Bernard near Loughborough in the UK to visit the monks and see their brewery inside the monastery. And it was as awesome as you can imagine. I'm actually blown away actually by the amount of response I've had when I've posted a few photos on social media of people saying that it looks awesome and that they're excited for that episode. I'm excited for that episode as well. It's an hour and a half long. But as with all things Monk, it needs to be signed off by the brothers before it gets released into the world. I can appreciate that. They do it with all their beers. They do it with my podcast. They do it with everything. That's cool. That's groovy. So you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. So that episode will be ready next week. So stay tuned for that. And it's pretty long, but it's going to be worth the wait and it's going to be worth your time. In the meantime, I thought I would slot in some of my fermenting thoughts that I recorded whilst at Ciba BRX. So I did a seminar called Brewery Marketing, how to get your beer business ahead of the crowd. And I thought I would share the audio recording of that. If you go to the show notes or on the website, I've included the slide deck as a PDF. So you can go and look at that. Obviously, I talk a lot about the visuals, which you can't see through the medium of podcasting. But make sure you go and download the slides. It will really help to visualize what I'm talking about. So as Shani said, I'm Nick and I help people hop forward with their beer businesses. Hot Forward is a branding and marketing agency that works with a variety of beer businesses, both domestically and internationally, to help them get ahead in the brewing and beer business. We also run a bi-weekly industry-focused podcast called the Hot Forward Podcast, uh, which has got a wide range of guests on from across the world of brewing and business. Uh, we've had people like Charlie Bamford on recently. He's now the technical advisor of something, quality something to Sierra Nevada, people like Paul Jones off from Cloudwater, beer rights like Pete Brown, and so on. So make, make sure you check out the Hot Four podcast. Um, so this seminar is called Brewery Marketing, How to Get Your Beer Business Ahead of the Crowd. With over 2,000 breweries in the UK alone, there's a lot of beer out there at the moment, all vying for people's attention. And in times gone by, we could rely on differentiators like, oh, we're local, or we use the best ingredients, or by simply not being one of the major global beer brands, right? However, times have changed, and it's simply not enough to stick a photo of your latest hazy IPA on Instagram and watch the sales come flooding in. So we're all guilty of this, aren't we? Right? I, 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 I've done this loads, right? You, you, you get your phone out, you set it up, you get your nice, hazy-looking beer. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a totally time and place for posting a picture of your latest juicy, hazy IPA on Instagram. But if we're heavily relying on one-dimensional tactics alone to market our businesses, we're going to be left wondering why our efforts aren't having as much impact as we'd like, particularly on social media. Before we look at a few ways we can get our beer business ahead of the crowd through marketing, I want to look at crafting a compelling story, but I'd like to explore first what marketing actually is. 
So dictionary.com defines marketing as the action or business of promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising. So when people typically think about marketing, you tend to think of like slick advertising campaigns, promotional activities, print adverts, billboards, radio, TV commercials, social media ads, mail-outs, telemarketing, networking. I mean, the, the list really is endless, isn't it? Basically, advertising promotions and publicity. And I'm pretty confident that everyone sat here today is doing these activities, right? Yeah, I'm seeing nods. Um, but what if I told you that marketing is the intersection between your brand and making sales. Is anyone into podcasts? Just show a hand if you like a good podcast. That's pretty much everyone. Has anyone come across Rob Moore, the disruptive entrepreneur? No? So you should go check him out. He's, 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 he's quite outspoken, but he's really good. And he says, if sales is taking the money for your product or service, then marketing is getting them into the shop in the first place. And I think this summarizes what marketing is better than the dictionary.com definition because it goes deeper than just the, the marketing activities in and of themselves. And this is where I want to start with the, the question, how do we get people into the shop in the first place? Through icebergs. I didn't see that coming, did you? So I want you to think of your brewery and your brand as an iceberg. To quote Seth Godin, who's a global marketing expert. He's the author of something like 20 books on the subject of marketing. The most successful one is called The Purple Cow. Again, someone you should go listen to and read if you want to find out about marketing. But he says a brand is the set of expectations, memories, stories, and relationships that when taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. So if by Seth Godin's definition of a brand being those expectations and relationships, then what is below the surface of, if you think about the iceberg, i.e. like the inner work or where the magic really comes from, informs the outward expression of what people see and experience, i.e. the marketing of your brand. This is why I think that your brand is and the sales, the intersection is marketing because there's a lot of things happening below the surface and we're going to go through them and I'm going to take you on this journey for this iceberg. But we, before we do, I just want to make it really clear. When people talk about branding, I know you've, you've come to a session on marketing, you're like, why is he talking about brands? People tend to think about branding as like, I mean, you look around, you see all like the boards and the fonts and all the rest of it. People tend to think of that as branding. And yes, that is branding, but that's what what I would call the surface level brand. That's what people see. The stuff that informs what the fonts look like, the colors, the vibe and so on is, is the inner work. And this is what is gonna inform your marketing. I'm gonna take you on a journey from the inner work up to the surface and then the outward expression. We'll then look at a few other little things you can do to create a compelling narrative and then there'll be some time for Q&A at the end. Right, so we'll start at the very depths of the iceberg. It's human. Our marketing journey starts with you and you and whoever I'm pointing to right now. It starts with you. Businesses are made up of humans. And no matter how big the business is, it all starts somewhere with someone who did something. 
So if you think of anything like McDonald's or Starbucks or Airbnb, someone somewhere did something and their journey started their business. So your, 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 your marketing journey starts with you. At the heart of any business, in my opinion, should be a human story. Why? Because I think stories are emotive. So for example, Regardless of how much the lines are blurred between Arthur Guinness, the legend, the myth, the actual person, the whole Guinness brand and marketing stems from this single ideological character who is virtuous, philanthropic, is a builder of legacy and community, has this touch of magic, ambition, you know, all human traits that we should aspire to. To what degree of truth there is behind a brand story, such as the Guinness story, is going to vary from business to business. As a rule of thumb, I think it should have the utmost integrity when it comes to being human and telling that story, as we'll see why when we look at a certain Scottish brewery and the trees that they are planting. Um, not to name names, obviously. Um, but going back to Seth Godin's quote about the brand being the, the set of expectations, memories, stories and relationships that being taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another, ultimately, the consumer is going to fill in those gaps and insert themselves as a character into the story, i.e. the marketing story, the story you're telling people. So, for instance, let me take you a, a, a moment to tell you about my happy place. So, welcome to the brewery of St. Mars of the Desert. Has anyone been here? Just, no. No, no, you're missing out. So I'm, I'm from Sheffield. St. Mars are a small 10 hectolitre brewery on an industrial estate in Sheffield. It's run by an American, Paul Dan, and his English wife, Martha, who's from North Yorkshire. And their backstory is mysterious and intriguing. And I, I, it's too long for me to tell you the whole story now, but I suggest at some point over the next couple of days, do two things. Go and listen to my podcast episode with Dan from St. Mars of the Desert and go and check out Matthew Curtis's article he wrote for Pedicle, because their story is so intriguing. And in many ways, my love and devotion to this brewery all stemmed from my own expectations, memories, stories and relationships that I have with the brewery, the brand, the owners and their business, and more importantly, how I've weaved myself into their story for example, as I say to one of my friends who's never been, I recount stories of beautiful pints of Jackdaw, their delicious saison, fresh from their quirky tap room. And we all know how effective word of mouth marketing is, right? It's like the most effective form of marketing. So coming back to you and your business, we need to ask the question, who are we? What do we want to be? And how do we become those people? Because when all is said and done, as I said a moment ago, as we've seen with a Scottish brewery that's coming under fire for lots of things, when you scratch away at the surface through excellent surface marketing strategies, it will find you out. Now, I'm pretty confident no one here is operating like that. But the higher you climb, the further you fall from grace. So our marketing journey and our branding journey means to start at being human, which leads us nicely onto the next rung of the ladder, core values. What do you value? 
whatever it is you value should underpin every single aspect of your business. They must reflect and demonstrate everything you hold dear, what you're about, and what, why your customers should even care. Core values should be the lifeblood of an entire business. They should permeate everything from the internal culture of how people are treated and paid to the last drop being slurped from at the bottom of a glass. And the reason I say this is values are very, very powerful when it comes to marketing. But they are, however, a double-edged sword. It, it sounds almost sounds like I'm, I'm picking on a certain brewery, but if you say you're going to plant a tree for every beer you sell and you don't plant any trees, not only are you being disingenuous, but you're offending people's values. And people hate having their values offended. Which is why other certain breweries, when they say one year about making yellow fizz and the next year they take a big investment from a brewery that makes yellow fizz, people get more upset by that than a brewery that hasn't gone out nailing their values to the mast. So values are really important, um, but they are a double-edged sword because if you offend people's values, the, the values that people thought they shared with you and they find out you don't can really offend them. But however, if you uphold your core values, then it can have a tremendous amount of power to help propel you and your marketing to people who share those values. Right, so let's, let's look at the next one, brand mission. Your brand mission is the purpose and the very reason you set up a beer business in the first place. And your brand mission answers the why question, why your brand exists at all. Just beyond, oh, I really liked home brewing and wanted to sell my own beer, so I started a brewery. And I, I think answering that question in a way that goes above and beyond you, in your brand mission, again, all this will inform your marketing, is, is really pivotal because your mission shouldn't even really be about you, it should be about other people. It's like the big picture impacts you intend to have on the world and what your customer hopes your brand is going to achieve for them. So when you define your brand mission, it will help you work out what it is you're trying to achieve and set the groundwork for how you're going to communicate that in all of your marketing efforts. Which then leads us on to the narrative arc. So as I said earlier, stories and narratives are emotive. People don't always make rational decisions about things. They're often emotional decisions. Now, regardless of where you sit on the more of a thinker, more of a feeler spectrum, I would imagine most people in this room have a gut feeling about something. If something happens or they see something, they have a gut feeling initially. It's like the, the creative, non-rational part of their brain feels it first and then backs it up with facts. So engaging consumers' emotions and interest with a well-told story and a wider narrative arc will give people a greater incentive to like pay you a visit, drink your beers, get to know the company, and what you're about, merely than taking a, a photo of a hazy IPA on Instagram. And like I say, we've all done it, I've done it loads. As you saw, you can literally scroll through the hashtags, hazy IPA, and there's millions of them. A story worth telling has to underpin your marketing efforts. It's so incredibly powerful. 
I know I keep banging about Seth Godin a lot, but he, he really does come out with the best marketing quotes. Seth says, wrong first name terms now, me and Seth. Seth says marketing is no longer about the stuff you make, but about the stories you tell. People do not buy goods and services, they buy relations, stories and magic. You only have to look at the stories behind some of these big companies, um, like Apple, for example, um, or Microsoft, to, and the narrative arc and the trajectory to see that having a powerful narrative as to why that company started, what they're about, and how that story keeps unfolding, keeps people interested and brought in beyond a mere product or service. I would imagine taking BrewDog, for example, into consideration. I would imagine, obviously, there's a lot of questionable things they've done and things they've done wrong. But I would imagine people feel really upset, partly because of the value thing, but partly because they bought into that story through those values and through the story they were telling. We're sticking it to the man. We're making crap beer. Come on. You know, and something inside all of us was like, yeah, viva la revolution. You know, we're going we're to take them as well. You know, and it's so creating that story about what your brewery is about, what you're about based upon your brand mission and your values will help propel your marketing leaps and bounds. I'll touch upon, you know, some of the practical things we can do in order to do that. OK, so listening. Really listening, like really listening is an art form. Do you understand what people say about you and your brand? Like really understand. Taking the time to listen to what your drinkers think, or even just craft beer drinkers, people who consume the products in our sector, like what they drink, what they like, what they don't like, what they want from a brewery, what they think of your brand, what they think of other brands, essentially market research, will help you start to glue together the inner work into something that's more tangible and viewable above the surface. Dr. Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People, which again is just a, a phenomenal book and is just like a guide for life, and he, I recommend you buy it. He says, seek first to understand and then be understood. And too often in our marketing, we're guilty of talking at our potential customers rather than really trying to understand them. Because Sales 101, which is the ultimate goal through marketing, right? You want to sell more stuff. Sales 101 is to find out what the customer wants and then sell them that. Because if you know what the customer wants, then there, and there's a demand for it, then you know you'll be able to fulfill that demand. So this leads us into positioning. Listening and positioning go hand in hand. Once we've listened to what people have got to say, we have to determine who our ideal customer is, who we're going to market to based on our core values, our brand mission, our narrative, the, and the type of people we're trying to appeal to. So uh, I'm going to get you to do an exercise. Don't worry, it's not going to be like a standing up or anything. We're all feeling a little bit fresh after yesterday, aren't we? But here's what I'd like you to do, just for five minutes. I want you to come up with, and you might have done this for your business already. If you haven't, it's a very, very, very useful activity. I want you to come up with three customer archetypes. So come up with three different characters, one just a general consumer, one who's like on license or off license trade, and then one like wholesaler or distributor. In your character types, who would be the ideal customer for your business? So give them a name, 
How old are they? Where do they live? What do they do? How much do they spend in the trade one? What other businesses and brands do they stock? And you know, what do they like? What do they don't like? So just for five minutes, if you can get all three done, great. If you can only do one, that's fine. But I'd love you just for a, a moment or two to get a pen out or your phone or whatever, and just, just to come up with a customer archetype for these people. Great, so being able to identify your ideal customers, whether that's trade or consumer, or whoever it is you're trying to sell your products and wares to, will, will enable you to target the right people with your marketing in, in the right tone of voice, which we'll come on to in a second. Um, but if, and I had this with the brewery I worked for, like it was, for us, when, when I first got involved, it was a little bit like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck. We were like, who are we trying to sell beer to? Because it was, we were trying to be all things to everyone, rather than like trying to identifying what we did well and, and then and who was drinking our beers and then tailoring the message and the branding and everything accordingly. And as soon as I took the brewery on that process of like, well, let's make the core range beers more, you know, that, that it is more traditional beer. So let, let's brand it that way and let's talk to our customers that way but let's make the funkier, newer beers, bold colours and all the rest of it, and talk to them in a different way. It, it, just, it just went leaps and bounds. So your personality, voice and messaging, based on your archetype, customer archetype, you know, which is gonna be, sh again, shaped by your, your brand mission, your core values, your story, who you are, your narrative arc by listening, is it, it, it's going to help you market accordingly and tailor your market accordingly. So, for example, this little point using language that's down the kids in it, right? If you're set in a rural location with mostly older drinkers that like best bitters. And again, it does take time to listen to your consumers to, to find out what really resonates with them. So, puns and a light hearted message might be a good fit for one brewery who might have a more tongue-in-cheek approach, like my brewery in Brandy Manuel's is quite tongue-in-cheek, so I use very tongue-in-cheek kind of language, while a more sort of mysterious, enigma, arty, beer name approach. That might work better for reaching those more contemporary craft crowd that like to take beer really, really, really seriously. So it, it all depends on who it is you're trying to, to tell your story to. I've banged on about the in-work long enough. And the reason I bang on about it so much is because we, we, we're so busy doing it, doing it, doing it in our businesses, but we're never getting it done, to quote Michael Gerber, the author of the E-Myth. We're so busy working in our business rather than on it. It's only when we come to something like BRX where you take a, a, some time out and reflect, you're like, oh yeah, I need to think about that. And then you get back and it's all like, the Draymond's gone AWOL. You know, and um, one of the fermenters leaks and now there's beer all over the floor and you sucks back into it. We have to take time out to do that inner work if we want our marketing strategies and our, the way we communicate and tell our story to really work. Otherwise, we'll just end up posting pictures of hazy IPAs on Instagram, on doing the things we've always done and getting the results we've always got. Now we've spent a lot of time doing that inner work, it's time to work on the outward expression, which is our marketing strategy. What is a marketing strategy? A marketing strategy is a plan 
for reaching a specific marketing-related goal or goals in a focused and achievable way. Now, your goal should be smart. I'm really sorry if you're like, oh man, not management speak. I hate all that management crap. Like, I get it. I've worked in enough places that I've done all these sort of things, but setting smart goals for your marketing will really help you be focused in your marketing. I'll go through what a smart goal is. It's specific. It has to be something you can measure. It has to be realistic and something you can achieve. It has to be relevant for what you're trying to achieve, and it has to be within a time frame. So a bad smart goal will be like, oh, 100K followers on Instagram. Don't we all? <laughs> However, that's not specific in any way other than I want something. Great, I want that SSV limited brew house in the corner. You know, I'll have five. You know, I'll, <laughs> without being specific and going through this process, we're not going to hit anything. A smart goal could be specific. We're going to make a video which tells a story about how the brewery was founded with a view to increasing sales in our web shop and building brand awareness. Now, before you, in your head, you're all like, oh, but I can't afford a videographer to come in. Like, everyone's got a phone. You know, it doesn't have to be like high tech. Everyone's got access to an app that could do it. You know, start lo-fi and work from there. Then it has to be measurable, right? We'll be using business for Facebook and Google Analytics to track progress and monitor how much extra revenue we're making through our web shop throughout the 30-day period our ad is going to run. Obviously, that's the timing element. Achievable, as we've budgeted £500 for Facebook advertising, we want to see a 10% click-through rate through to our website. That's a reasonable figure of a click-through rate through that amount of ad spend. And the relevant one is, as one of our core values is to reach a national consumer base, this will help us reach potential new customers further afield who resonate with our, our brand and our values and our story. And the timely element is we're going to achieve an uptake of 10% sales online through our web shop and see that growth within 30 days. That's a very specific goal. Whether you achieve it or not is by the by. At least, at least if it's that specific in your marketing efforts, at least you did something and it was all mapped out. And that's what your marketing strategy should be. It should have that level of focus to it. And you might not hit it, but if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. So a, a marketing strategy as well should outline and tie together how you intend to retell your brand story based on your mission, your values, your customers, using the SMART goals and other standard you know, marketing activities, everything in your marketing arsenal. Having a marketing strategy is in a document that you, in a way that you've, I would imagine everyone here has or at least should have a business plan. They're immensely helpful to make you focus. So that's our marketing strategy. And then tying into our marketing strategy, we've got essentially three things. We've got advertising promotion, social media, and a call to action. With the advertising promotions, we need the smart goals. How can we apply those to everything from our mail outs, our point of sale materials, advertising events and tap takeovers, networking, etc., etc. And how will that inner work we've done inform how we conduct the outward expression of that physical marketing. So social media, social media is like this golden chalice, isn't it? We, we all want to be amazing on social media, but in, in addition to our physical marketing, obviously we live in a digital age now where we, we've all got greater access to potential new customers to the market, which 
it sounds great in the way that if you think, I'm a musician as well, so bear with the musical analogies. As a musician, I can and have put an album out on Spotify recently. Now, it's amazing that I live in a day and age where I can record an album and I can just distribute it globally through Spotify. Yeah, me and 41,000 other people who every day upload songs to Spotify. Every day. It's a little bit like that on social media with your beers and stuff. This is why having a strategy for social media and smart goals will really help you achieve something. I mean, this really could be a, a whole seminar on social media in and of itself. There was one, wasn't there, yesterday, yes. And there's really no one-size-fits-all when it comes to social media marketing. But still, thinking up creative ways to express your brand's story and, and injecting your message and personality into it through things like Instagram Reels and YouTube videos or being a guest on a podcast you know, and making use of, of beer influencers, for example. People often spit out the term beer influencers, right? And I, I disagree with it, because everyone conjures up an image of the mind of, you know, you get a random message in your inbox, going, hi, I'm Jeff, and I do beer reviews, and please can you send me a 24-pack of your Imperial Stouts so I can sample them and put them on my Instagram channel that has, like, five people? Like, no. Like, yeah, okay, there are one or two people like that. But some of those influencers have, like, tens of thousands of followers who engage with our content and are influenced by them. So you need to think about smart goals for using beer influencers, for example. Just as an aside, I don't know if anyone saw Howlin' Hops have done um, some really great videos on Instagram. Has anyone seen those they've done recently with like the little can on a, a mini skateboard? And they're, they're, so, they're so quirky. It's, you can just... It's so eye-catching for their marketing. They're evidently injecting their personality into fun little things like that. And it, it, it makes it stand out in my head, because I might just, the next time I see that, not that I see them much in Sheffield where I'm from, but the next time I see it on the bar, I might have one of their beers, because I liked that little video. So as I say, we could talk all day about social media. And then finally, call to action. Every piece of marketing should end with some form of call to action. Whether you're doing this by stealth or you're overt about it, we should ease the sales friction. And all this effort we've put into doing all this inner work and the money we've spent doing the outer work, basically to get someone to do something, which is to buy our beers, visit our tap room, find out more about what we stand for, come and read my blog. You know, like we have to point people in the right direction because we're all like sheep and we're all just sort of wander off astray if we don't. And we, we need to point them in the right direction. So that is essentially the marketing journey according to icebergs. But the big idea here is to share your story. As we saw earlier, right, there's loads of these, aren't there? Just put your hands up if you brew a hazy IPA. Most of you, I'm, I can see Richard from Utopian obviously makes really good lager, so you're, you're, ex yeah, you're accepted, yeah. Um, there, are, there are loads of these, but there's only one of you, there's only one of you, and there's only one of you. And even you at the back, there's only one of you. You have a unique story to tell. But you might be saying, well, what if I don't have an interesting story? I get it, you know, not everyone has an, an interesting story like Ray Kroc. So I don't know if you know the story of Ray Kroc, you will do by the end of this. Ray Kroc was a, a milkshake vending machine salesman 
who entered a restaurant owned by two brothers called Richard and Morris McDonald. And he was inspired by what they called the speedy service system. And he was so intrigued and he, and he saw such a gap in the market for this speedy service system that he bought their business. He developed a set of systems that he could then sell under license to other people. And now the world, for better or worse, is full of McDonald's. That's some story right there. So you will have a story or a unique selling proposition and something that is born from that inner place you can share with the world, but sometimes you might just have to dig for it. So, so for crafting a story, I'm going to give you a few ideas. Obviously, I'm going to do a little bit of Q&A. If you want to come chat to me afterwards, that's totally fine. Um, I'll be around if you've got any questions or anything, if you just want to kind of be a bit more in depth. But just a few suggestions to get you started. So get some outside help. Like not, not everyone is creatively minded, and sometimes we do have to dig deeper to find out what makes our business is unique and what makes us tick and what narrative we want to tell. So coming back to the brewery I worked for, when I, when I started there in 2015, it was apparent that other than the word Sheffield being their USP, they were struggling to answer that question, who are we and why do we exist? And after trying to tease the answers out of them for a while, I discovered that they were in this beautiful red brick Victorian building and it was a former polish works and it made this variety of polishes particularly one called blanco which was a shoe polish they used to give to soldiers during the wars and the, the building had so much history steeped in it people would come in off the street we had a tap room and it had so much like beer and polish memorabilia in it and it was a stunning place to sit and people would walk in and they'd be like oh wow this is amazing how long have you been here? And I'd be like, oh, 11 years. 11 years? I never knew it was here. And it's because they never marketed it or anything. And they, ne they never told their story. They didn't, they didn't know what story they were telling. So because I had that conversation at least twice a week with people that would just wander in out of nowhere, I thought, right, we need to, um, our, the story we need to tell, the marketing we need to do, needs to be centered around this beautiful building and getting people in this building so we can tell the story of the Sheffield Brewery Company and all about the history and the beers we make and so on and so forth. And it was like this phrase fell out of the sky one day when we were trying to think of a beer name. Uh, a good friend of mine called Nigel, who was the non-exec director, just went, um, finally polished beers. So finally polished beers since 2006 became the, the new strap line. And we, we pushed that narrative online about this tap room where there were these polishes, babe, but now it's a brewery. And I, I honestly, that tap room got fuller and fuller and fuller. The point is there are plenty of marketing experts out there, individuals who can help you adopt some creative thinking and apply it to your business if you're just not inclined that way. Similarly, you talk to journalists and beer writers. So, Journalists and beer writers create narratives for a living in the context of, particularly beer writers, in the context of beer. So be nice to them, shout them some beers and get to know them and ask them for help. Obviously they want paying, like don't take the mick or anything, like they, 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 they do that for a living. It's like that meme, isn't it? Let me pay you an exposure, you know, it's not really worth anything, is it? Don't pay my mortgage. But getting their input will be hugely valuable. Even if you just pay for like a half day rate for their time over Zoom, you know, the magic of Zoom, you know, to help you put into words what you're about and give you some wider 
context from an industry perspective, it can just go leaps and bounds. Work on your business plan and pitch deck. If you're not thrilled about spending money, you can at least spend time or invest time. Don't spend it, invest it. And energy on your business plan and pitch deck because that will help you do the inner work and it will help you work out who you are and what your story is. As I've said, it will help focus your mind on what's unique about you and your brewery and it'll help you create the marketing phrases and like little linguistic hooks that you need, which you can then interject into your marketing activities on social media. An example with Emmanuel's, I left the mega church to start a microbrewery. First off, that phrase came from a friend of mine. I was listening to him and what he had to say about beers. He said that, I was like, I'm nicking, that's part of my thing. And then I did some market research where someone talked about baptizing devotees in craft beer. And I was like, craft beer devotees? Like, I'm coming up with all these, well, I'm not coming up with the phrases. Someone else is doing the work for me. I'm like Noel Gallagher, I'm just sort of pinch it all, although I'm not raking in the millions like Noel Gallagher. Working on your, your pitch deck and your business plan will help you come up with these little phrases for your story. Similarly, blow the dust off your website. If you were in the AGM earlier when we were talking about breweries and websites, most breweries will have a website and they'll have built it and not updated it for years except what's available on the shop. And believe it or not, websites are still a huge source of information and content for people to devour. And people still use them to devour that longer form content. You know, sometimes we do want a good read. So not only will writing or updating our About Us page help refocus that narrative where we're at in our journey, but also regularly updating your blog, a news section will help continue that story. Again, you can use that as your link, as your call to action. So if you do post your picture of a hazy IPA, you know, back it up with, oh, here's a blog post on how we made that hazy IPA and the five hazy IPAs that inspired our hazy IPA and why ours is better or whatever. You know, you, you, you keep within the ecosystem of you, you and your brand by doing that rather than having them wander off somewhere else. Finally, just talk to people and listen to their experience of your brewery and beers. Just want to sort of end before we do a bit of Q&A's. So I work with a cool little brewery near Swindon called Broadtown Brewery. They, they own alpacas. Maybe all brewers should own alpacas. But they, um, they brewed this old beer called Dunkel Nash. And one day a customer arrived in their tap room and said, oh, have you got any of that Tinkle Machete? The owner, Jason, said, what? And he's like, Tinkle Machete, you know, your lager. Oh, you mean Dunkel Nash? Yeah, like I said, that one, Tinkle Machete, right? So not only did that inspire the brewery to make their first craft lager and call it Tinkle Machete, but it then provoked them to move into cans and then it helps them refocus well who are we targeting these cans at well we you know we want to move to that segment of the market let's come up with a new brand and feel for it you know right at the point where they're now upscaling their brewery you know and it's, it's all tying into that narrative so i think listening to people as i said earlier can just be the thing that gives you that necessary spark of inspiration to come up with the magic that's a pretty much a whistle-stop tour of how you can get ahead with your marketing. I do want to leave it open for a few questions, if anyone's got any, and if, um, if you can bring the mic right, if anyone's got any, that is. Has anyone got any questions? No? You can sit down. It's all right. Cool. Right, well, next steps, like I say, call to action. Tune in and subscribe to the Hot Forward podcast, hotforward.beer, that is an actual URL, hotforward.beer forward slash podcast. Or, like I say, you can come talk to me 
if you do have any burning questions. And I just want to say massive cheers for coming. Thank you.